Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Good morning. Praise God. Amen. Sunday morning, um, pray that God is blessing you, keeping you, and that um, you're still believing Him. Amen. Amen. It's a fight to believe. I mean, we got to continue to to fight and and you know just believe God for everything. Amen. Um, devil try to he's trying to strip us of our belief. You know. He doesn't want us to believe, because he knows, amen, if we if we believe God and hold on to the promise of God, it's just a matter of time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of us don't have the things that we want in our lives. Not everybody has everything, because part of it is everything we want, we're not supposed to have, even though in our minds, <laughs> we kind of think, you know, if I want it, I'm supposed to have it. Mm, not necessarily so. There is this little thing called the will of God. Um, <laughs> if it's not God's will for you to have it, then, you know, you might as well start thinking about something else. Um, but, you know, even those things that God wants for us, many things we don't have. Um, and there's a variety of reasons for that. Some of it is that you just don't have it yet. Amen. It's coming. And so hold on to your faith. Um, and then sometimes we kind of give up. Amen. Um, that's why we need each other. And part of our job as Christians is not just to be concerned about ourselves, but to build up other people and encourage them in their faith, right? Um, because if you encourage someone and they get their blessing, then that can encourage you, right? To say, mm -hmm. well, my blessing's on the way too, amen? And so we just want to continue to encourage. Uh, and I pray you're encouraged today, amen? amen. Praise to God. Um, cloudy day here in... New Jersey. Amen. I know where I am, baby. <laughs> Cloudy day here in New Jersey. Amen. Um, but the sun is with us, nevertheless. Amen. So we praise God for it. Um, uh, today we're going to go to the book of Ruth. Amen. And unfortunately, I don't have any tricks for you today to help you find the book of Ruth. It's not the easiest book to find in the Bible. Amen. Um, so if you don't know where it is, hey man, you're just going to have to, uh, look in the ministry of helps, which is the table of contents, yep. amen, and it will guide you there. But the book of Ruth comes after the book of Judges, amen, um, and so we're going to go to Ruth chapter one, and, um, we're going to read, we're going to begin reading today on this glorious Sunday, um, Ruth chapter 1, verse 19. And we're going to read down to the end of chapter 1, which is verse 22. So let's do that together. Ruth 9, uh, chapter 1, verse 19. It says, So the two of them continued on their journey. When they came to Bethlehem, the entire town was excited by their arrival. Is it really Naomi? The women asked. Don't call me Naomi. She responded, instead, call me Mara, for the Almighty has made life very bitter for me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer and the Almighty has sent such tragedy upon me? So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by her daughter-in-law, Ruth the young Moabite woman. They arrived in Bethlehem in late spring at the beginning of the barley harvest. Amen. Amen. Let's pray this morning. Father, we bless you. Yes, And Father. we thank you, God, for the reading of your word, Father God. We thank you, God, that the entrance of your word bringeth light. And so, Father, we believe that as this word of God that you have for us today enters into us, we will be enlightened with revelation, with wisdom, knowledge, and with understanding. Yes, Father. And so, Father, we thank you for it in the name of Jesus Christ. God, our prayer right now is that you would have your way. That, God, that exactly what you desire to share with us shall be shared. Yes. And, Father, most of all, that we will receive it, walk in it, and see the revealed word of God come to pass in our lives. Father, I bless I pray a blessing upon everyone under the sound of my voice. I pray, God, that you will bless me to do your will today. Yes, and through it all, God, may you be glorified. May you be magnified. May you be lifted up and highly exalted because you alone are worthy. And so we bless you and we thank you now for the marvelous things you are about to do and say. And we give you the praise for it. 
in Jesus in name. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So um amen. We just read Ruth chapter 1. I was reading from the New Living Translation. And um our title today is What You Can't See. Amen. What you can't see. Amen. And we're going to talk about that God's going to talk to us about this today. What you can't see. Um, you know, uh, right before um, coming down today, amen, um, I was thinking about, you know, the scripture in Proverbs that says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And it's the word of God, and so we know that that word is true. Mm-hmm. And yet I believe we have to appreciate that you know in many ways if not in all ways before you can think a thing you have to see the thing right before you can think about going to college and becoming a college graduate you got to see yourself doing that right before you can think about owning a business and being a business owner you got to see that thing first right before you can start thinking something, you got to see it first. Um, you know, uh, I think of Joshua when he was outside of the walls of Jericho. And he saw these massive walls and the Bible described them as, you know, these massive walls. And he said that the whole town, the Bible says, was shut in, right? It was shut up, that no one was going in or out. And God spoke to Joshua and he said, see, I have given you Jericho. Mm-hmm. See, he, he had to he had to address what Joshua was seeing first, right? Mm-hmm. And because Joshua, looking with his nat- natural eyes, saw this massive city and the walls around it. And probably was thinking, how in the world are we going to get in here? No one's coming in and no one's coming out. But God said, you need to see something. See that this city belongs to you. Glory to God. You see that this is yours. And I believe that once Joshua accepted that from God and and started to see it, then he could start thinking about it. We taking this city. This city is going to belong to us. But before you can start thinking in those lines and thinking about you got to see yourself that way. And a lot of times we don't see ourselves the way God sees us. We see ourselves a lot of times lesser than what and how God sees us. And so God wants to talk to us today about what you can't see and get us to that place where we can start to see the things that can't be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought you, you remember the story of Jacob and Laban and how Laban had tricked Jacob to keep working for him and I, Jacob got rich and he had a lot of cattle but he he part of the way he got rich is because he made a deal with Laban he said you know what every brown and and you know right, right you you keep all the brown cattle mm-hmm. but all the speckled cattle all the spotted cattle I'll take it mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and then what did he do he took some like poplar trees or whatever mm-hmm. and he he put streaks in them like right. he he put streaks all in them Mm-hmm. Right, so a little white, and then whatever it was, green or brown, white, right. green, mm-hmm. white, green. Right. And he, then he put it in front of the feeding trough and the watering trough. And every day, that's all the cattle saw. They saw this these speckled streaked right. branches. Right. And what happened when they made it? Guess what they produced? <laughs> speckled and streaked cattle. Right. They produced what they saw. And see, that's the thing. That's that's why it's so important. What do you see? Mm-hmm. Because if you can see the thing, you can be the thing. Because you can think the thing after you see it. And as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so it's important about what what we see. And so God wants to talk to us today about what we can't see and change that around for us. Glory to God. Uh, what you can't see. Um, in our story, it, it, the book of Ruth, I love this this book, amen. Um and you know, in in this in this story, Naomi was married to Elimelech, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they lived in Bethlehem, which is the house of bread. Bethlehem means house of bread. Yeah. And they lived in Bethlehem, the house of bread, with their two sons. But a severe famine had hit the land, 
And so they left Bethlehem and went to Moab. Okay. And while they were in Moab, um, uh, Naomi's two sons got married. Mm -hmm. One married Ruth and the other married Orpah. Mm -hmm. Is that her name? Orpah. Mm -hmm. and, um, and over time, <clears throat> Naomi's husband died. And then about 10 years later, both of her sons died. So Naomi is now a widow. And Orpah and Ruth are now widows. And word got back to Naomi uh, after this had happened that the famine in, in Bethlehem was over. Mm -hmm. And so she was returning home. And her two daughters-in-law were going with her. And on the road, uh, Naomi said, listen, you, you, you both need to go back home to your mother's and your father's homes. I don't have any more sons for you. Because, you know, back then, right, um, if, if a woman's husband died, then the brother was supposed to take that woman and marry her so that, you know, uh, the possessions and the inheritance can stay in the family. Mm -hmm. But Naomi said, I don't have any more sons. Okay. So... Why don't you just go back home? Get your life. Go, go live your lives. He said, no, no, we're going to go with you. She said, what do you mean you're going to go with me? She said, even if I were to have sons tonight, right. are you going to really wait until they grow up so that you can marry them? Go on home. And Orca said, okay. And she went back home. But Ruth said, no, right? She said, no, no. She said, I'm going with you. She said, where you go, I'm going to go. Where you live, I'm going to live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Glory to God for Ruth. And a lot of times, we, we hold up Ruth, and we want to put down Orpah. But here's the thing. You don't have to put somebody down just to lift somebody else up. Right. Orpah didn't do anything wrong. She could go back home. That wasn't wrong. And in fact, Ruth was saying to her, go home. And it wasn't wrong for her to do that. So we don't have to put her down just to lift Ruth up. Amen. Orpah went home. That's okay. But Ruth said, I'm going to stay here. And your God's going to be my God. Your people will be my people. Where you die, I'm going to die. Where you're buried, I'm going to be buried. Ruth was loyal and faithful. Yes. And, and this is where we pick up the scripture text. And so it says the two of them continued on their journey in verse 19. And when they got to Bethlehem, the women were excited because they hadn't seen Naomi in a long time. And they said, is that really Naomi? Mm -hmm. And Naomi, because she's been through it, right? She's gone through a famine. She moved to a foreign land. She lost her husband. Her two sons have died. I mean, Naomi had a, has had a rough life. Mm -hmm. And so people are excited to see her, but Naomi is not excited. And Naomi says, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. Now, Mara means bitter. Yeah. Her name, Naomi, meant pleasant. So she said, don't call me pleasant, call me bitter. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I know sometimes we could get mad. I just so hope nobody gets so mad, they start saying, call me anger. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> call me unforgiveness. Oh, Lord, no. <laughs> call me wrath, right? She said, call me bitter. Right. And, and, and again, she'd been through it. Mm -hmm. And so we're not chastising her, but the, but the, 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 the strength with which she uses to describe herself is startling. Right. Don't call me by my name. Call me something new. Call me bitter. She said, because the almighty has made life very bitter for me. And then she said this line, which is something from the first time I read it years and years ago, it always stayed with me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. I mean, that that's, you know, I, 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 I had it going on, and now I have nothing. You know how many people can relate to that? Yeah. You were on top of the world at one point. You had it going on. You were full, and now you're empty. Amen? And because of that, as she's looking at that, she's looking at her life. She's looking at her life and saying, at one point I was full, but but now... I'm empty. And so because of that, you know, she was so painfully aware of what she had lost that she even said, I want a new name. 
right? Mm-hmm. And here's the thing for us. She she really was looking at the things she had, and now she's looking at what she doesn't have. And and let's be clear. Lie, the life the life of a widow was very very difficult, right? Because mm-hmm. if they didn't have a son to take care of them, many times widows were the most vulnerable people in society, right? Because no one was there to care for them. They might end up begging. They may end up being taken advantage of by unscrupulous people. Widows had a rough road Mm -hmm. to hoe. That's Mm -hmm. why God wants, you know, he declared, take care of the widows and the orphans. Widows had a tough road to hoe. And so Naomi's looking and saying, I got nothing but a rough road ahead of me. Which is another reason why she was telling these two young ladies, go back home and get married. Mm -hmm. Because she knows this is a rough road ahead. She, she saw that. That's what she saw. And, you know, sometimes we can be so focused on the tough things in our lives. We can be so focused on the things that we don't have that we fail to see the blessings that we do have. Mm. Right? And, and, and some of our biggest blessings may not seem like much, you know. But, but here's the thing. As Naomi is speaking this, she didn't realize something this blessing that was in her life. And that blessing was called Ruth. Because Ruth, as you read this story, proved herself to be faithful, to be loyal, to be hardworking, right? To be compassionate, to be thoughtful, to being generous. She had Ruth. Mm -hmm. And, And for a lot of us, we need to understand, yeah, even if you look and your life is bleak and it seems like you don't have and you had and now you don't and everything, don't get so far. See, if you, somewhere in your life, there's a Ruth, right? Somewhere. That Ruth could be your husband. Your husband could be called Ruth, amen? Your wife, your, your, your grandmother, your mother, your grandfather, your uncle, your niece, your nephew, your best friend, a stranger, a co-worker, a, a former enemy. Even your dog could be your Ruth, amen? Because you know how dogs are. They're so loyal and everything. They're like mm-hmm. The whole world's against you, and they come looking at you with those eyes of love, and they just looking up at you. Your cat, I can't stand cats, but you love cats. That's okay. Your cat come looking up at you and everything. And see, you have a Ruth. You have someone yes. who is loyal to you. You have someone who will stand by your side. You have someone who will have your back. You got a ride or die partner. You got somebody who say, I'm not going to give up on you. Everybody else turned their back on you, but I'm here. And that's a Ruth. And sometimes we can't see the Ruths in our life because we're so busy seeing all the people who left. Yep. 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 Mary left. Yep. Jim left. Yep. Larry left. Uh, Sharon left. Uh, uh, Michelle left. Yep. All these people left, but you still have a Ruth. And sometimes, amen, we get so focused on all the things that have left us. I'm empty. Yeah, you may be empty, Naomi, but you have Ruth. Wow. And some of us right now, you think that you're empty and you got nobody. But if you look real hard, there's something you can't see. Mm. It's called a Ruth. And so, so, glory to God for this. There's a Ruth in your life. So for that person right now who thinks that everybody has turned their back on you and nobody is with you and nobody is helping you, God is letting you know, no, if you look real hard, there's something you can't see right now. You got a Ruth in your life. And that Ruth can make all the difference. Amen. And so listen, don't we we have to really fight against this tendency, amen, that we allow our circumstances to define us. And we're going to allow our circumstances to tell us who we are. Amen. Don't let your circumstances change your name. Naomi was letting her circumstances change. My name is Naomi. Don't call me that anymore. Call me bitter. Why? Because I got some bitter things in my life. Your your circumstances don't define you. They don't name you. God has named you. If God called you more than a conqueror, don't you go start changing your name to something else. He called you overcomer. Don't change your name. You're the head and not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. You're victorious. You're triumphant. Don't you start changing your name wow. because your circumstances are such. Amen. No, stay the course. Stay the course. Because, listen, you change your name, you can change your destiny. Now, you start calling yourself a loser, you'll be a loser. 
you can change your destiny. Amen. Don't let that happen. Amen. You, you, you hold on to your name. You keep your name. You are who God says you are. And you also have what God says you have. And God's letting you know today, I placed a roof in your life. Amen. It could be somebody you haven't talked to in a long time. Some of my roofs, and yeah, I got some roofs. <laughs> I got a bunch of guys in my life called Ruth. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but some of my roofs are people I don't even talk to that often. But I can pick up the phone and we can just pick up the conversation as if we just left off talking an hour ago. Mm -hmm. Right? Everybody who's in your, who you see every day ain't, ain't Ruth. Everybody who's in front of your face is not always down with you until the yeah. end. Ask Gideon. Gideon had 32,000 people around him. And God said, tell everybody who's scared to go home. Yeah. 22,000 people got on up out of there. <laughs> Amen. Everybody who around you ain't down with you. And you don't need them to be around you. You need your Ruth. And God has blessed you with a Ruth. And maybe you can't see him or her today, or it, if it's your dog or whatever. Because Listen, if God can speak through Balaam's mule, he can speak through your dog. And I don't mean as he speak. If he starts speaking like Scooby-Doo, yeah, we need to lay hands on you, maybe, you know. Even though I guess that's possible. But I'm just saying, you know, through eyes and through, you know what I mean? You can see. God can speak through nature. God can speak yes, through anything. Yes. But let's understand something. God has given you a Ruth, amen? Yeah. And maybe you can't see him or her or it right now, but it's there, amen? Yeah. Ask God to open your eyes so that you can see, amen? And don't start calling yourself bitter. Don't call yourself depressed. Don't call yourself loser. Don't call yourself outcast. Don't call yourself any of those things. You continue to keep your name that God has given you, amen? You're a child amen. of the Most High God, and God's looking after you, amen? And so she had a Ruth. She didn't see that at the time, but she had Ruth, and that was one of the biggest blessings in her life. Let's look at chapter 2, because the story continues. It says in uh, chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Now there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. One day Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go out into the harvest fields to pick up stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. Naomi replied, all right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. And as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. Now, she was going out into the field um, to, uh, as she said, to, to pick up stalks of grain left behind by anyone. Mm -hmm. um, I want to look at a couple of things so that we can see this, to see how the heart of God is. Because how many of you know that as God is, we need to be too? Amen. And so let's let's look at this for a second. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 9. Leviticus chapter 9, the third book of the Bible. And then we try to be helpful. Uh, chapter 19. Uh, Leviticus chapter 19. Because there it talks about... Um, It talks about harvesting the crops. God was talking to his people. Leviticus 19 and 9. He says, when you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your fields and do not pick up what the harvesters drop. It is the same with your grape crop. Do not strip every last bunch of grapes from the vines and do not pick up the grapes that fall to the ground. Leave them for the poor and foreigners living among you. I am the Lord your God. So God said, listen, if you have a field, don't harvest the edges of your field. Mm -hmm. And if you drop something, leave it. And that dropping and leaving it was is gleaning, right? Mm -hmm. that, that, that people could come behind you, the poor, the needy could come behind you and glean your field. Yeah. They could mm -hmm. pick up what you dropped. Amen. And if we turn a little further to Deuteronomy chapter... 20, not Deuteronomy, uh, Leviticus chapter 23. We can see this again in verse number 22. 
It says, when you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your field and do not pick up what the harvesters drop. Leave it for the poor and the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord your God. Mm -hmm. This reflected the heart of God, mm -hmm. right? That God cares for the needy and the poor. He cares for the orphan, for the widow, for the foreigner, for the outcast. And what he says to those whom he blessed, he says, listen, understand something. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. All of this belongs to me. This field that you say I own, you don't own it, God says. I own it. And I'm allowing you to work it. Right. You're called a steward. And a steward, the Bible says, must first be found faithful. And so as a steward, this is how I want you to operate my land. Mm -hmm. When you harvest the land, you don't harvest the you don't harvest the edge. Leave that for poor people. And as you harvest the inner portion of your field, if you drop some, right? right? If you drop, then you leave it. Right? And that's called gleaning, that they can come behind and pick it up. Now, see, if God says that, that's his heart. And if we're God's people, that should be our heart, that we understand everything we have is not for us. Right. Now, somebody said, I don't know what that is. This is my stuff. This is mine. But see, let's turn one last place to Deuteronomy chapter 24. Because this is what happens sometimes with us when we you know, sort of let our human natural instincts take over because someone is saying, this is my field. If God gave it to me, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> I worked all week for this. This is my paycheck because that's your field, amen? Because some of us, we don't have field. We're not crops. and It's your paycheck. This is my paycheck. Right. Mm -hmm. And nobody getting nary a corner <laughs> of my paycheck. But watch this. Deuteronomy 24, verse 19. We saw the instruction from God. Now we see the rationale. We see the reason behind it, the purpose. Verse 19, Deuteronomy 24. When you are harvesting your crops and forget to bring in a bundle of grain from your field. So that was that. You didn't even, you just forgot. <laughs> right. Look what God says. Don't go back and get it. <laughs> Leave it. For foreigners, orphans, and widows. And somebody might go, what? <laughs> well, look what God says. Then the Lord your God will bless you in all you do. Mm -hmm. See, and this is what we need to understand. Right? If we go to Ruth, she, she goes out and she wants to harvest. And she's harvesting based on these principles, right? That the fields, right? The edges of the field are there for the widows and the poor and the needy to harvest. Mm -hmm. And then she also understands gleaning, that as the harvesters are gleaning the inner part of the field, if they drop something, she can pick it up and keep it. Amen. That's the law of God. So she understood that, and she's saying, because she's hardworking, she's not lazy, she's not living with Naomi and saying, Naomi, what are you going to do now that I'm in your land? She's willing, she's willing to work. Right. And she goes out and works. And because she has a willingness, glory to God, she has a willingness to put her hands to the work. It says here, she just so happens, <laughs> right, to get led to Boaz's field, who's a member of the family, right? And one of the things we got to understand is that God cares for people who are in need. And so if you're in need right now, you need to know Right? Just like here, Naomi or Ruth, they didn't know God's hand was not only providing, but God's hand was also guiding. Right? Yes. He provided for Ruth, right? But he also guided her by saying he provided by this law of leave the edge of the fields and allow people to glean. And then he guided her to the exact place she needed to be to get the most out of his provision. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. That's another thing that often we can't see. We can't see the hand of God providing for us and guiding us, but we need to trust that that's exactly what he's doing. Yes. So even right now, in the midst of famine, in the midst of lack, in the midst of despair, in the midst of darkness, in the midst of things in your life that may not be right, understand something. 
You may not be able to see it, but God's hand is at work. Jesus said, my father is always working and I too must be at work. God the Father is working. Jesus is working. Jesus is interceding right now at the right hand of God for you and for me. So we may not be able to see it with our natural eyes, but we need to understand God's hand is guiding us. God's hand is is providing for us and he's guiding us to that place of blessing. And so if you don't have a lot and if you're in need, Trust that God's hand is still at work in your life. You may not be able to see it, but you have to believe by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. You have to believe by faith. The hand of my God is on my life. The hand of my God is providing for me. And the hand of my God is guiding me right now to a place called plenty. And that's what happened to Ruth. Mm -hmm. Amen. But she had someone in Boaz who was... Not only wealthy and influential, but he was following God. So he didn't harvest the edge of his field. Amen. And he allowed her to glean in his field. And in fact, he actually told his workers when he found out that that was Ruth. He told them, he said, when you go back out and harvest, this was after lunchtime. When you go back out and harvest, Mm -hmm. he said, he said, you drop some on purpose for her. Right. You drop some for purpose. And what I love about it, in the King James Version, it says, it says, you leave hands handful on purpose. Hand hands full on purpose for her. Hands full on purpose. Right? But see, the, but see, Boaz had the heart of God. He was like, listen, not only am I going to not glean and not, not only am I going to glean and allow her to glean and I'm not going to harvest the edge of my field, but I'm going to do some stuff for her on purpose. And see, that's what you got to understand. Everything that God, for those who have enough right now, glory to God, for those who have enough right now, all of it's not for you. (laughs) Right. That's not how God works. God is going to, 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 to take care of the needy through obedient children that he has blessed who have more than enough. And if that's you, then you know what? You got to, like, he, you know, Boaz, leave some hands full on purpose for her. That's what we got to do, right? You got a brother in Christ or whatever, somebody who's who's struggling. Give him hands, give him some on purpose. Break off some, drop some. Right. Drop some for him on purpose, amen? You got a best friend, amen? Your, your, your sister, girlfriend or whatever, you know, send a PayPal or... That's PayPal, that's what it's called, right? Mm-hmm. You can send something by PayPal or, 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 or you know, cash electronic app. transfer, cash app, or all the other, Venmo. Venmo? Or that that Bill Payne? Venmo. You can Venmo somebody, right? And, and give it, right? Drop them, drop it on purpose. Amen. Write a check, right? Yeah. Write a check, put it on, put a stamp on it. Put it, oh no, you can't put it in the mail because somebody's taking mailboxes <laughs> off the street. <laughs> <laughs> so you may not be able to do that. <laughs> put it in their mailbox. Yeah, you can put it in their mailbox. <laughs> but what's the point? The point is do it. Break off some for somebody. Amen. 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 Drop some on somebody, but do it on purpose. Don't mm-hmm. do it because you feel guilty. Don't do it because someone's begging you. Don't do it. Do it purposefully because you understand this this whole field doesn't belong to me and God doesn't want all this field to be mine. So if That's God right. blesses me, then I gotta break off something to somebody else. I gotta give somebody to give to somebody else. I gotta do it on purpose. Not because the pre- the preacher is beating me over the head talking about we need more in the offering plate, we need more in the offering plate, because you want to do it. Amen. And see, be- and, and here's the thing. And God says, if you live like that, you do that so that the Lord your God will continue blessing you. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, is that all you're doing when you do that is, well, you're doing two things. One, well, you're doing two, three things. You're exemplifying the heart of God who wants to give. God so loved that he gave. So you exemplify the heart of God. You then allow God to work through you to meet the needs of somebody else. And you set yourself up to receive more blessings from God. 
And because you are a child of God who understands the heart of God, you understand that when the blessings come back in your life, you're nothing but a distribution channel. Yeah. You receive and you give. You receive and you distribute. Freely you have received, freely you give. Mm -hmm. And now the goodness of God is spread through the earth through you. But see, this is the thing. Both those who have and those who don't have need to understand God's hand is moving. And sometimes we can't see it. And so when God is telling you to give to somebody, he's not trying to take something from you. He's trying to get something to you. Yeah. Amen. And when you don't have, understand God's hand is still on your life if you're his child. His provision is still there and it's abundant. And through his providence and his sovereignty, he's going to guide you by his hand. So that you just happen to come into the thing you need. Glory to God. And that's what happened to Ruth. Amen. And so she came and she just happened to go into Boaz's field. So there's two things that God says, listen, that we don't see right now that we have to see. One is we got a Ruth. Amen. Somebody, amen. Thank, amen. God, for Thank God for Ruth. I got a Ruth. Amen. Mm -hmm. The other thing that we often don't see, amen, thing that we can't see that God wants us to see is his hand moving in our life amen god's hand is moving in your life you got to just convince yourself of that you got to say it you got to be persuaded in your own mind you got to encourage yourself david encouraged himself in the lord you need to encourage yourself in the lord and that even though it's it looks bleak you got to say to yourself amen god's hand is moving in my life amen amen god god god's not some absentee dad amen if he's your father he's right there amen, amen. he don't leave the home and and you wondering what's going on amen uh god don't write child support checks <laughs> god take care of his children amen, amen. That's right. <laughs> glory to god so you don't gotta worry about that you a child of the king god's provision is with you amen praise god Let's go to Ruth chapter 3, amen. There's, there's, there's four chapters of Ruth. I just realized this. there's four chapters of Ruth. And there's four things God wants us to see that right now we can't see if we don't look with eyes of faith. First thing is a Ruth. Second thing is his hand moving in our life. The third thing, let's look at Ruth chapter 3. Let's go to verse number 10. That was a wonderful God. It says in verse chapter 10. Chapter 3. Chapter 3, yeah. I was just testing. I was just testing you to see if you okay. if you thought Ruth had ten chapters. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Ruth chapter three, verse ten. Amen. Amen. Thank you, baby. Um, it says there, the Lord bless you, my daughter. Boaz exclaimed, "You are showing even more family loyalty now than you did before, for you have not gone after younger a younger man, whether rich or poor." Now, don't worry about a thing, my daughter. I will do what is necessary for everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman. But while it's true that I am one of your family redeemers, there's another man who is more closely related to you than I am. Stay here tonight, and in the morning I will talk to him. If he is willing to redeem you very well, let him marry you. But if he is not willing, then as surely as the Lord lives, I will redeem you myself. Now lie down here until morning. Mm. Now, it came a time where Naomi said to Ruth, you know, you, you have to find, you know, you have to find a home. And she realized, I got to find a home for you because Ruth had been taking care of Naomi. But she kept going to Boaz's field. She went through the barley harvest. She, she was going there through the wheat harvest. And, you know, she, she was able to, you know, harvest the edge of the fields and the glean. And she was bringing home every day. And she was taking care of Naomi. And Naomi said, listen, it's not about me and just being taken care of. Naomi cared about Ruth. And she said, you, you have to find a permanent home. And she said, you know, you've gone to Boaz and Boaz is, a, is, is, um, is in the family. So you should go to him and see if he will serve as our kinsman redeemer, our family redeemer. Uh -huh. and, and God has set up this, this, this system of family redeemer. You know, we talked earlier, right, about the... If, if a man married a woman and, 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 the, and the husband died, that his brother would marry the wife, right. right, to keep everything in the family. But if the man didn't have any brothers, then the nearest relative could marry the, the woman mm -hmm. and redeem the family. So that, that nearest relative was the family redeemer. 
but it was up to that relative. Right. If he didn't want to, he didn't have to. It was voluntary, right? Mm -hmm. It was voluntary. And so, um, you know, we know that, that, that Naomi's two sons have died and she had no more sons. So there was no brothers to step in. Right. So they had to now look to the family redeemer. And so at this time, Naomi believed that Boaz was the family redeemer, that he was the nearest relative. And so she sent Ruth to Boaz and said, see if he would redeem you. And I'm just sort of short-circuiting the story the way, you know, but that was the purpose, right? She, he, he was threshing wheat and he sent, she sent uh, Ruth there and said, see if he will redeem you. And he said, as we just read, certainly I'll redeem you. But he said, there's someone closer yeah. Than me. Mm -hmm. He has the right to redeem you. You know, so, you know, let me see what, what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, but if he doesn't want to do it, I'll redeem you. I'll marry you myself. Right. And so the next day he saw the nearer kinsman and he said to him, he said, well, you know, the land is for sale. Um, do you want to buy it? And the man goes, yeah, I'll buy it. He said, well, you know, if you buy the land, you also have to marry Ruth. So that everything stays in the family. Right. And the man said, mm, nah, that's going to mess up what I got going on. <laughs> he said, nah. He said, you can go ahead and do it. And Boaz right. married her. And so what's the point? Is that Boaz, again, for widows, they had such a hard life. But here it was. And they couldn't do anything for themselves. They were very limited to what they could do for themselves to help them in their situation. Right. And here's Boaz who now steps in as the family redeemer, right? And allows the inheritance and all the property and everything to stay in the family to give them a hope and a future. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, uh, Ruth and Naomi in this regard are like we are, right? In terms of our sin problem, mm -hmm. because just as they couldn't do anything with their widowhood problem, there was very limited things that they could do within their own strength. None of us can do anything in our own strength with this sin problem. Right. We need a redeemer, right? We need someone, right? Because the wages of sin is death, yeah. and we need a redeemer. <clears throat> and Boaz stands as an example of Jesus being our redeemer. Because just as he redeemed them, and he became their family redeemer, and allowed the inheritance to stay in here, and gave them a hope in the future, that's what Jesus has done for yeah. us. Yeah. And see, right now, there's someone who's on the outside of the family of God. And maybe what you can't see is how much you need a redeemer. Wow. Amen? Because you're on the outside of the family of God. And see, listen, at some point, this life is going to be over. You remember the rich man and Lazarus, right? The rich man had it going on. Lazarus had nothing. They both died. And they said that when this guy was in hell and in torments, he lifted up his eyes. Yep. And he saw there was a chasm between him and Lazarus. And it was all over <coughs> at that point. Amen. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. Listen, we need a redeemer, Amen. right? Because without that Redeemer, we have no answer for the sin problem in our life. And somebody right now is walking around and you can't see your need for a Redeemer, but God wants your eyes to be open today so that you can see you need a Redeemer. Amen. You need someone to, to handle and, and, and to take you out of a situation that you, like Ruth and Naomi, don't have any power in your own strength to do anything about. Amen. None of us can save ourselves. None of us, amen, can call ourselves out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. None of us can forgive ourselves of our sin. None of us can do that. We need a redeemer. Amen. amen. And if you don't see that right now, God wants you to see that so that you can just make the simple choice today. Make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. Amen. amen. Do it now while you have the chance. Because you need a redeemer, and here it is. Jesus has already paid the price for you, amen? Amen. All you got to do is accept what he's done. But here's the other thing, too. And we thank God for this. That for those of us who already have accepted Jesus as Savior, sometimes you don't see that he's your redeemer. Mm. You need to see that, too. Wow. 
So it's not just sometimes we like, yeah, you need to know you need Jesus. Yeah, but here's the thing. Do you know that after you accept Jesus, you still need Jesus? <laughs> so you just can't look to people who aren't saved and go, boy, you need Jesus. Amen. Because here's the thing. Even though you accepted Jesus, you need Jesus. I need Jesus. No matter how long you've been saved, we all need Jesus. Amen. And here's the thing for us. Even those who've accepted Jesus as Savior and he has redeemed you, you need to see the redemption. Yes. Because, glory to God. Because, do you know what? The Bible says in Galatians 3, 13 and 14, that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Yes. Being made a curse for us. Yes. Right? For it is written, blessed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham may come upon the, 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 the Gentile through Jesus Christ, and that we may receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Yeah. So what's the curse of the law? Sickness, disease, poverty, and lack. Right? Yeah. And see, some people who are saved, and you know that you've been saved, you've been saved a long time, and Christ is your Redeemer, and he's redeemed you and brought you into the family of God, you say, well, wait a minute. I still got sickness. I got disease. I got poverty. I got lack. How come? Listen. See, we got to understand something. Just because you've been redeemed don't mean Satan's giving up. That's right. <laughs> Every day, Satan throwing stuff at you. He throws sickness at you. He throws poverty. He throws fear. He throws unbelief. He throws doubt. He throws low self-esteem. He slings it with the arrows. What did it say? His fiery arrows, right? Mm -hmm. he, he, right? He's shooting fiery arrows at us all day long. And thank God for the, for the um, what they call it, the armor of God. Yes. Because we have the shield of faith, which can quench all the fiery darts of the enemy, right? But here's the problem. See, see, glory to God. Because see, Satan doing all this stuff. He throwing all this stuff at us, slinging all this stuff at us, and we block it. And we just block it. And we block it. And see, some of us get tired of blocking. Yep. It's tiresome to be doing this all the time. <laughs> you get tired. I'm tired. And Satan just bothering. And next thing you know, a dark gets through. <laughs> Sickness. Another dog gets through. Uh, poverty. Another dog gets through. Uh, lack. Uh, depression. Uh, this. Uh, confusion. Uh, anger. Uh, unforgiveness. And that's thing you know. Well, I don't feel redeemed. Mm. Wow. Because he doesn't give up. He's still coming. But Job said, "What my redeemer liveth." Glory to God. Yeah. And and we gotta know our redeemer liveth. But here's the other thing we gotta know. Thank God for the shield of faith. Mm -hmm. Quench all the fiery dust. Thank God for the helmet of salvation. Thank God for the breastplate of righteousness. Thank God for the the belt of truth. That's mm -hmm. the truth. Belt mm -hmm. of truth. But yeah. Thank God for the shoes, the gospel of peace. Yeah. Thank God for all that. Thank God for the shield of faith. Those are all defensive weapons. But we gotta understand something. We got an offensive weapon too. Mm -hmm. And it's called the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And see, some of us, all we're doing is blocking, and you don't realize, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got a weapon. I got the sword of the spirit. You need to pull that thing out. And I don't just block, be blocking, but you got to get some in too. Take some of that. Boom, take something, right? I stop getting so excited. But you understand what I mean? You got to let the devil get some too. You got to block and, and cut and you got to slice and you got to stab. Because we are redeemed from the curse of the law. You say, well, why aren't? Because we too busy blocking or we get tired of blocking and we don't let that devil know. You come next to me, I'm going to give you some. I'm going to cut you, slice you, dice you, uh, and all the rest of the whatever you else can do with a knife. <laughs> I bet you won't come around here tomorrow. <laughs> and if you do, you know I'm going to have something ready for you. But we are redeemed from the curse of the law. And you, all you have to do is read Deuteronomy 28 from verse like 15 to the end, which I think is 15 to 68, and you'll see all the curses of the law. Mm -hmm. Sickness, disease, poverty, and lack. And when the Bible says that Christ has redeemed us from those things, He's redeemed us from those things. But some of us can't see that. 
So even, even for those, so who doesn't, so this is the third thing that we need to see. We need to see that we have a redeemer. Those who are outside the family need to understand today you got a redeemer and you can come into the family and get your proper inheritance. But even if you've made Jesus your, your, your Lord and Savior, you need to understand he's your redeemer. He's redeemed you from these things. Amen. Amen. Doesn't mean you don't have to fight for them. Come on, somebody. The children of Israel fought two fights on the east side of Jordan. And then when they got into the promised land, they had 39 fights. Yeah. You fight more for your promise than you do when you're in your wilderness. So now that you've become a child of promise, you got more fighting on your hand to do. Amen. So you got to put up your shield of faith, but don't forget, you got a sword too. You better use that thing. Cut, slice, dice, make, make, and Satan hurt. <laughs> but we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Amen. Our Redeemer liveth. Amen. Yeah. The Bible says that Jesus is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. That's right. He's our redemption. He's our Redeemer. What did the Bible say? The psalmist said what? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Glory to God. So we got to say it. Amen. And so one of the things, the third thing, amen, we can really get out of here. The third thing that, that, that we can't see, that we need to see, is that we have a redeemer, y'all. Yeah. Amen. We've been redeemed from some of these things. So like, you know, Naomi, oh, I got all this stuff going on. You've been redeemed from that. Amen. Glory to God. I know you got some things going on, but if it's not in line with the word of God, or if it's part of the curse, you've been redeemed from that. Amen. Amen. You've been redeemed from that. Amen. So that's the third thing. So what's the last thing we want to look at? I don't know. What's the last thing we want to look at? Um, let's go to Ruth chapter four and we're going to get ready to go. Chapter 16, verse 16. Praise God. <laughs> Chapter 4, verse 16. It says this. It said, Naomi took the baby because now Ruth and Boaz got married and then they had a son. Mm -hmm. Glory to God. And Naomi took the baby and cuddled him to her breast. This is verse 16. And she cared for him as if he were her own. Mm -hmm. The neighbor women said, now at last Naomi has a son again. And they named him Obed. And he became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. Glory to God for that. Yes. So here we have Ruth, a Moabite woman who now finds herself in the lineage of David. Mm -hmm. Right? Because Obed is David's grandfather. Right? Mm -hmm. Jesse's father. Mm -hmm. David's grandfather. Which means that this Moabite woman, Ruth, is David's great-grandmother. Right. And because Jesus is from the lineage of David, and that lineage includes Ruth, a Moabite woman, then Ruth is in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Right? And this is what's amazing, because she's a Moabite woman who's not even part of the family of God, but God wanted to save the whole world, right? And the fact that he put this Jewish man, Boaz, and this Gentile woman, Ruth, together, and through them... The, amen the savior right. comes mm -hmm. is another way of god saying it ain't just all about the jews amen uh god wants to save the whole world but here she finds herself in this right but we need to understand something because a lot of times we read the bible wrong because yeah ruth was in the hard way and somebody might say yeah but you know god chose her to be in the lineage of jesus I mean, if I was in the lineage of jesus and i would have been like ruth too i would have went out and gleaned the fields and everything but that's not how it goes. When Ruth was living this life, she wasn't living like she knew she was going to be in the lineage of the Savior. Mm -hmm. She didn't know that. She didn't know that she was going to end up in a book called the Bible and there was going to be a book called by her name and that we would be talking about her and reading and preaching about her and, and studying about her. She didn't know all that. Right. You know what she was doing? She was living day to day yeah. the same way we do. Amen? Mm -hmm. The same way we do. But the thing is, and this is the thing we often can't see, her life had a larger purpose. And she didn't see it. She probably didn't see it until she got on the other side of glory. Right. All she knew was, 
Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. My God will be your... Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. I'm not leaving you, Naomi. I'm staying with you. Right. That's all she knew. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take care of you. That's all she knew. Day to day. That's all she knew. And 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 then Boaz comes in. She's like, oh, let me glean. Let me harvest. That's all she knew. Oh, go see if he would be coming to visit. She's just living day to day. She doesn't know she's going to play this fantastic role in what God is doing. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter is, the thing that we often can't see is that there's a larger purpose going on in our lives. Right. And somebody needs to understand that today. You're just living day to day and you just think you little old you. But there's a larger purpose that God has for you for your life. And all of us are unaware of that larger purpose in this life, right? And as long as we're on this side of Jordan, as long as we're on this side of glory, we can't and we won't see, right? All the results of our living. There are some things that that you are doing right now that are going to extend beyond your lifetime, right? People are going to be talking about you, not in a bad way, in a good way. Mm -hmm. They're going to be talking about you long after you're gone. Someone's going to be talking about how you encouraged them, how you strengthened them, how you set an example for them, how you were there for them, how you blessed them, how you mm-hmm. how you taught them, how you, you know, helped them. They're going to be talking about you, and, right? Because your life has a larger purpose than just simply, you know, having a house with a white picket fence and 2.6 kids or whatever the <laughs> yes. 10 years, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> right? Your life has a bigger purpose than that. And here's the thing. We don't see it. Yeah. We, we, we don't see it and we can't see it. It's part of those things that we can't see. Yes. But we have to lay hold of them by faith because if we know that the things that we're doing day by day fit neatly into a bigger plan and a glorious plan that God has for us, then I think that will encourage us to go through those tough times and like Ruth, maintain our integrity, maintain our faithfulness, maintain our loyalty, our compassion, our generosity, continue to work hard because we know something. My life is bigger than what it seems. I just can't see it. And I don't know. And and maybe I won't see it until I get to heaven. And God allows me to look back and say, you see now everything? See, because there is a hereafter where we will know and we will understand. Amen. Amen. But we can't see it right now. The Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians 4 and 18 that the things that we can see are temporary, but the things that we can't see or don't see are eternal. Right. And so what God is encouraging us today is is the things that we can't see. Mm-hmm. Right? And if and the, but but it, it's not that we can't we can't see him with these natural eyes. But if we will say to God, enlighten the eyes of my understanding, glory to God, then we can see. Right. And you know what we'll see right now? You know what God will allow us to see that we can't see right now? That we got a roof. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. That his hand is on us mm-hmm. and guiding, providing for us and guiding us. That we have a redeemer mm-hmm. that either we can accept because we're outside the family of God. Yeah. Or we can accept because we're in the family of God. Yeah. And we allow, amen, that redemptive work to go to work in our lives. And then he allow us to see, well, the fourth thing is that our lives have a larger purpose. Yeah. Amen. We're not just some specks in the universe. Right. Taking up air, eating food. You know what I mean? You know, listen, life is more than running around trying to get the the heart, the car, the car, the house, mm-hmm. the cash, right? It's more than that. And if we can see all these things, then I think it will help us when we go through our times like Ruth and Naomi here. Amen. Because mm-hmm. one thing for sure, amen, God has a plan for us and he'll bring us out. Amen. He'll bring us out. And so God wants us to be encouraged today, amen, amen. to know that there's some things you can't see, but he wants us. He, he, he often tells us, amen, that we need to set our sights on things above and our hearts on things above, not on things on this earth. And if we do that, I think some of these things that we're talking about today will come more into focus. Yeah. It will build us in our faith. We'll be able to see it. 
we'll be able to think it, and then we'll be able to become it. Because you can't think a thing until you can see the thing. Right. And God wants us to see some things that up until now, perhaps, we have not been seeing. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. I'm done. Let's pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God in heaven. Father, we bless your holy yes, name. Father. Glory to God. We just thank you for the word that you've shared with us on today. Yes, Father, Lord, let this word you. just dwell in us richly. Let the Holy Spirit continue to give us revelation on the word that we've received. And Father, may it bring forth a bountiful harvest in our lives that will show forth your praise and your glory. Yes, Father. Father, we bless you right now. We thank you for being mindful of us. And knowing exactly where we are and speaking to our hearts, our minds, our situations, and our circumstances. Father, let your will be done. And Father, we bless you right now by faith. We give you all praise. We give you all glory.